normal does not need to be normalized. And this is Hyperborean Radio. I'm Ike. Over there's Jeff. Hey, guys. How's it going? And if you would like to support our work, you can back us on Spotify, Buy Me a Coffee, and Patreon. And we'd like to thank our patrons, especially Spiffy, who has been very talkative of late. So it's good to mm-hmm. talk to you. Yep. And uh, you can also follow us on the Grams, the Instagrams, the Telegrams. You can follow us on the Xs. Not, oh. the, tri- not the Triple X. That's another thing. Right. And I guess I'll say hi to Chuck because I just found out Chuck follows us on, uh, on X as well. Yeah. Hi, Chuck. So, uh, yeah, normal things don't need to be normalized. Part of what we're facing today, amongst the many, many things, is the normalization. And we're aware of all the big bads. Everybody's arguing about them online currently. But our rogues gallery. Yes. Our rogues gallery is arguing with us. But there's so many other little things that have been normalized uh, that we don't even think about. And some of them are done with the best of intentions, like the touch grass movement, touch grass, get outside, do things, lift weights. Don't be a fat, uh, don't be a fat slop. Right. This is all really good. And they'll show pictures of the 1970s. What happened? It's a good question. But I can tell you some things that did happen. People stopped sleeping as much. Those people used to sleep a lot. Well, they didn't eat as much. Oh, yes, they did. (laughs) Yeah. You were alive. They ate more than we eat now. And they ate more garbage. Remember, this this is the time time period when McDonald's and Burger King were massive. Absolutely massive. That's the bulk of what these people ate. Well, okay, maybe not the bulk, but they did eat a lot of it. Well, they walked everywhere. Really? More people had cars. More people was riding around together. There was there really wasn't that much walking going on. If there was walking, it was like from this side of the park to the other back, and then that's it, and hours of sitting. But what they did get was a lot more rest. And what I'm talking about being normalized that shouldn't have been, is this go, go, go attitude. We don't, we never stop to rest. And of course, yes, there's always the land whales. Those are the exception to the rule. Those are not the rule. But how often do you get home from work and then not feel guilty for sitting on your ass? You've just been standing up working for six to eight, 10, 12, 14 hours. And then you feel guilty because you want to sit down with this this whole fitness thing. Well, we didn't have the internet, so they didn't spend all day on the internet. This is true. However, they did spend all day sitting and listening to music. They did spend all day sitting and watching TV. This was actually rather normal. So really, what's the difference with the internet versus listening to a radio all day? Literally just sitting and listening to a radio or sitting and watching TV. Is there any difference? Not really. Well, it's a lot like people will bring up, well, we didn't have movies back then, or we didn't have TV, or... or <laughs> we didn't or, have movies. Or one of my favorite... Well, if you go back far enough, we didn't. Yeah. We had plays and puppet shows and opera. And you can 
argue that that's a superior form of entertainment, but a lot of things people don't understand is all these things that we view as high culture now was what the plebs like during that time period. Mm -hmm. Like opera used to be the equivalent of going to see the matinee showing of the Wolfman. Mm -hmm. Well, and there's other things that's been normalized too where, well, people used to work a lot more way back in the olden days. But I'm getting older now, and I remember being a kid talking to old-ass people back when I was a kid. And they was stunned by how much we was working when I was a kid, and we work more now than when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. Well, like to use an example of how things have just kind of gotten progressively more downhill or off the rails in this country, I'll use an example from uh, this one book by Robert Ruark, and his, he's recounting his grandfather talking about how you used to be able to get a free meal. Now, it wasn't quite free, but basically what it was was the more people ate, the more booze they'd buy. And it was more the creation and selling of the booze was a higher profit margin than it was to sell someone an actual like Reuben sandwich or a leg of meat. Mm-hmm. That That's kind of the reverse now where you can get like an endless refill of soda provided you have the stomach the size of a water balloon or right. a w- hot air balloon. But basically, this is how far we've sort of gone downhill mm-hmm. as a society. And granted, this probably wasn't a thing that was available everywhere, but in that specific area that that person grew up in and lived in, that was actually an option. Nowadays, there's such a thing as, there's no such thing as a free meal. And this is true. You have to work for it to some extent. But the closest thing that you could probably get, save someone just throwing pancakes at your face, right, is was there. It existed oh, once upon a time. Well, and like with the the food and the the soda and whatnot, some people will be like, "Well, yes, but the sodas back then didn't have the corn syrups or the artificial sweeteners they had that they do now." Well. And the thing is, this is true. They didn't have all the corn syrups and all the artificial sweeteners. That's part of the normalization is they've it's normal to have stuff with corn syrup in it. Now, at first, it was for your health. Sugar's bad for you. Try corn syrup. Corn syrup's so much healthier. Um, sugar's bad for you. Have our super extra delicious soda pop with the very uh synthetic sweetener that we've made it's better for you than sugar all these things have been normalized and that's the problem you don't have to normalize normal it doesn't matter what it is well it's like someone's loved one dies and they decide that they're going to go out into their yard dig up a spot bury the body plant a tree and put a little rock with their name etched onto it or uh, some people will put a cross, but some kind of memorial to the, the dead there. This is normal. What's not normal is to take your dead to some third party, third party, have them take out all their blood, shove it full of chemicals, reconstruct parts of their body with plastic or other substances. Uh, we, we like to call it the Bondo job. Yes. <laughs> uh, basically put it and then position them like a freaking doll so that. People can parade around to the now plasticine corpse only to get buried and have just stupid right. long. If you tried doing normal now, which would be honestly, it'd be called a family grave. Even if there's only one person there, another person eventually will die and join them. 
the family grave used to be normal. Now it's not because the other has been normalized. It's been normalized to put people into a graveyard. Or, uh, good. I, uh, I was just going to say, just because there's pretty much three moments in everyone that most people typically have had in their lives, and that is the birth, your own birth, marriage, and death. These are like the three things most people consider like the major benchmarks in their life. Mm hmm. Now they might you can put your the birth of your children, but that kind of classifies the same as your own birth in terms of experiences just on the other end of it. It used to be mostly at home births, right? And I'm not going to say one way or well, the other is positive. There but. was a huge fear campaign to get women to go to the hospitals. The reason why they wanted women to go to the hospitals wasn't just a hospital bill; it was also so that they could put a social security number on the child if your home births. They can't guarantee that the child is going to get they a social security They can't brand the number. cattle. Yeah, they can't brand the cattle. However, if the cattle is brought in and birthed in the barn, it automatically gets a brand. They're going to stamp it, and they're going to measure it, and they're going to weigh it. So the there was a massive normalization campaign. Well, way back in the day, two women would die for every one childbirth. That doesn't sound like a successful breeding strategy for a species. <laughs> but it was to it was to apply fear into women of giving birth at home and then it got to the point where take our uh, use our Durex condom because back back in the day women would die all the time in childbirth. No. No. It's not that it didn't happen. It still happens. But it didn't happen the way that that it's been normalized for people to think of um, get scratched and you're going to get gangrene and die. Yes. This does. No, it's never been a thing. Well, at least for our people, maybe maybe in India where they wander around in that that sewage filled holy river that they have. Yeah. But in our lands, no, not a thing. Well, uh, that's the other maybe in the Middle East where. Um, they would die of cholera all the time because they, they threw their fucking dead and their shit in the water. Well, this is something that a lot of people still haven't quite figured out is the different races of man all have different ways of doing things. And if you average right. and them we, all... we've we touched on this in the races of man. Well, we didn't just touch on it. We had a whole well, it was three hours of it, but <laughs> still for the scale of it, it was still just touching on it. Yes, but if you try to take all these different groups... And then try to average them out as n the normal. Every single one of them is completely just batty as a fruitcake or fruity as a bat cake or whatever yes. you want to say. It, they're completely bonkers. Every last one of them. And it's because we don't think like the others do. Frick. Different groups within our own species don't think exactly like each other do. And then, of course, there's the individual level. So what exactly is a normal functioning brain? Right. Well, like uh, like we was talking earlier, a lot of gales will end up getting diagnosed if they go to one of these doctors, diagnosed with um, some kind of impulse control issues or some kind of violent explosive uh, personality disorder, yeah. or something like that. And then the Germans have a tendency to get diagnosed with depression or. Uh, antisocial a social antisocial personality disorder things like that i actually had this when i was younger um uh i had a job and my boss had a kid who had asperger's and 
she invited me and everybody that worked there to a party. And I went there, and I'm not very much of a party person. So I did what any not party person did. I ended up helping set up the party. Right. Um, and I was getting ready to go. And she's like, oh, it's very important to me that you have friend time. Uh, you have a good time here, you know, for my son. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And she's like, well, my son has Asperger's. And I'm like, I don't have Asperger's. My son has Asperger's. That's nice. I don't care. <laughs> well, that was pretty much my thing is like, I, I don't have Asperger's. Well, the. Well, it was because I was mostly, I didn't partake in inane conversation. Mm -hmm. I work there, I do the job, well, I go home. I've never understood that, especially with, uh, well, any kid really, or any adult even, because if they live long enough, they have a tendency to become adults. I don't know why. Um, <laughs> but uh, with a disability, and let's be honest, autism is a disability, or it's so light that it's not even really a thing because there is a spectrum and it's way overdiagnosed though. Oh yeah. All but, of them are. But in the end, I don't, I do not understand. And I cannot wrap my mind around treating somebody special because there's something wrong with them. I was born blind. I had four eye surgeries to be able to see. My family's favorite pastime, and I'm glad that they did this. Their favorite pastime was for me to go outside and play, and then they would rearrange the house, or I'd go to the bathroom and very quietly and in unison, they would move everything in the living room. And I did not have the tappy stick because good blind people don't need the tappy stick. They will learn to feel. You can. You can kind of feel, even if you can see, you can kind of feel when a chair is there. You've done, people's done it out on accident before, like when you're backing up and then you're like, whoa, it, you, the table's there. You never you actually saw it, but you know that it's there. That's kind of how it works. But I, it, it was not taken easy. I was not, nobody took it easy on me just because I couldn't see. I had to learn to adapt to the world. Say, and I've done the same thing to, to people that's, can't see is I'll move stuff just to, just to mess with them or um, if they can't walk okay that's perfectly understandable you can't walk I'm gonna put stuff up high why just so you can't reach it and it's funny <laughs> All right, well this but is the thing is is they can and that's what that's about I don't understand the normalization of treating people special well the thing and untouchable because there's something wrong with them. A three-legged dog can still run. This is the thing I think that a lot of people have forgotten is these people who are, who have disabilities or injuries or whatever of some kind, mm -hmm. they still have to survive without your aid, without your help. Yes, at so, least, a, yes. So they have to be capable at some point in their lives of being able to take care of themselves. Which it's mean, our duty to get them so that they can. Well, that's the whole point of when you're raising kids. That's the goal. Your goal isn't for the, to shield them from all the evils of the world. The goal is to make them aware it's to enough. to prepare them. Yes. And, and the thing is, I understand. Like, I have a retarded cousin. He's, he's, he's not function. He could not take care of himself. Oh, same with uh, my brother. Right. He doesn't even know my name. He, he could have food. And still not take care of himself. Like he, he there's a level, eat or he wouldn't be able to eat. 
but he can still do things. And I don't treat him special. When I, when I do see him, I don't treat him special. I treat him like him. It's like, oh, you need to eat. No, don't do that. Oh, you, you like to draw. Here, draw. I treat him like a person. I just don't treat him like like he's special. Well, and this kind of brings us to another point, which is if you want to see what's normal for our people, one of the fastest ways to do that is to just throw us in the woods and leave us there for a while. Right. You will find out what the normalcy is, and you will find out if you're capable of survival. Right. Well, like it's normal for our people to war. We do it. We are ex- exceptionally violent. I- I've seen some videos online recently where they're like, white people, the most violent people on the planet. They're not wrong, and we're really good at it. What is not normal and what has been normalized is us going to battle and dying over political ends, over somebody else getting money. Over to some lie about being the good guy or yes. the bad guy or whatever. Yes. This is the stuff that's been normalized. Oh, go fight for your country. Go fight for this. Go fight for that. Make me money. That's the part that's been normalized. That isn't normal. Us defending home, us defending each other, us even going off to take shit from other people. Like we hear that somebody a thousand miles away has a shit ton of stuff that we want. It is normal for us to load up in a damn boat Float our, our lily white asses over there and take it by force if they won't give it to us or trade with us for it. This is normal for us. Yes. But what? to to form up in an army and fight for some vague idea of righteousness, this is not normal. It's been normalized. Well, another thing that's not normal, and then I actually kind of want to take this to the baseline, mm-hmm. but... Another thing that's not normal is for a country, as in a political institution, whether you want to go with the United States, England, Germany, Japan, because it's not not normal for anybody else either. This is one of the few things you can actually say we have in common with even birds. Birds do not share territory. The difference is, is that we've convinced ourselves something that no other animal has been able to convince themselves such an abnormal concept that who is ever in this political boundary, so long as they're there legally, are part of it. Oh, yes. That is not how this has ever worked in all of history. Well, and there's a, a phrase that you heard uh, recently that that really set you off, and it shows exactly where they're going to go with this because everybody's talking about illegal immigration. And the phrase was undocumented Americans. Not from some rando, from a politician. Yeah, a, a higher-up politician. Called the, the illegal immigrants undocumented Americans. This means, and it's foreshadowing, what they're going to do is just do away with all the paperwork. If you can get here, you're just American now. Well, and let's be honest. Let's look at all the illegals across all of our lands. Wave a magic wand. They're all here legally now. Does that make it better? Does that make it okay? desirable no then maybe it's not illegal immigration maybe it's just those fuckers shouldn't be here period well and there there's this too um in a lot of our countries whether it's america ireland france uh england wherever germany they bring in warring tribes from pick an area 
But these two tribes are warring with each other, and they bring in members from both tribes. And then they're shocked that they start fighting in the streets. While they shouldn't be fighting in our streets, it does not surprise me, and I would rather them be, them be fighting and killing each other in our streets than attacking us. Well, it's because the grudges are not over nothing. Right. It's perfectly natural for them to do that. They cannot stand each other. We have uh, This whole thing has been normalized to us to bring in people that want us dead. Well, it's, it's not even normal among our own people. That's the ridiculous yeah. thing. Like, for instance, um, before the Ukrainian war happened, the, the thing that's been in the news off and on for the last couple few years, um, there were actually this uh, controversy at a strongman event because Alexei Novikov and another Ukrainian, I forget his name, mm-hmm. Um, the other Ukrainian and him got into a verbal spat, and then the other Ukrainian actually wailed on him. Right. Now, these are big guys. They're 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 strong enough that their punches can kill. Right. So this was not a minor incident. And what it was was they were from the opposite ends of Ukraine. The opposite ends of Ukraine hate each other. Yeah. So so this idea of a, even a national border, a national boundary. That, too, has been normalized. Well, it's part of the... Let's think about England. People from southern England can't stand the people from northern England. Nobody can stand the Welsh. Uh, Even the Welsh can't stand the Welsh, and the Cornish don't like them either, and nobody likes the Cornish, and then then you got the... And and nobody likes the Scots. Even the Scots don't like the Scots. And then the Irish like and hate everybody. Yeah, it's... Countries themselves, the very notion of country... Has been normalized. King and country, queen and country. Well, it's actually something that's a issue over here. Is a lot of German Americans when they say German Americans, they mean Germania. Yeah, they don't. They don't mean Germany. They're descended of the Germanic tribes. Yes. Now, in modern context, when we say we're German American, like myself, it's a very generic term, and most of us don't realize we're talking about an area broader than modern day Germany. Well, and I got to back up a second because of the way some people's going to take that. German Americans, what they mean is that they're descended of the Germanic tribes. They don't mean the Germanic tribes that's in England because that would be English. What they mean is the Germanic tribes that's on the mainland. Specifically, because the moment you hit Scandinavia, that's something else. Yes. But like myself, going back through my ancestry, I've got mostly Alpine ancestry including Switzerland, Baden-Württemberg, uh, Hesch, uh, and even some Austrian, but very little. And then you have, I have a bunch of That Rhine- explains a lot. Yeah. You can't stand yourself because you're constantly at, at inner war. <laughs> <laughs> I've got some Rhinelander in there, touch of Norm- Nor- Northern German, and some Pru- some German Prussian. Oh. And the just funny- for any Europeans that, that are listening, most of that mixing Came before your family came to America. Yeah, actually, ever since my family's been over here, it's been mostly uh, consistently Alpine. So, like, it's just, like, random ancestor from Austria 500 years back here. Uh, But it's mostly been, like, uh, mostly Western Alps and the Rhineland is, like, where most of my ancestors Well, and I had to bring that in because a lot of Europeans think that Americans are just Euromuts. Here's a secret. The Europeans are more Euromut than the Americans are because when we come over here, the Irish have a tendency to only have offspring with other Irish, even if they don't realize it. The Scots with the Scots, the the English with the English, uh, Alpines with the Alpines. 
we actually narrow narrow down more so than the Europeans do, which is fucking insane when you think about it. Well, and it's it was fascinating to me because both my parents are actually descended from the same general region of Germany, mm-hmm. of modern day Germany, down to actually like the towns are really close to each other and they had no idea. So what's fascinating to me is that once we're over here and I can even kind of explain it is we are instinctively tribal as a species. Every species is more or less Mm -hmm. in America, because there's so many different tribes over here. We're functioning mostly on instinct and we're going to naturally group up with the people that we're most like, which. Well, and I think really our part of our lowered birth rates currently is dealing with that. We've been jammed into these cities and who is of my tribe? Uh, it's it's not rolling around consciously in our minds, but in that subconscious portion of our of our mind is who who can who is here available for me to breed with. When we're more oddly, when we're more spread out, when we're more rural, this is an easier well. It's because question to answer. Well, it's because usually a town is mostly made up of Czechs. Or mostly made up of Irish, or mostly made up of Finns, or Italians, or let's be or more the fucking Dutch. Or let's be honest here: nobody likes the Dutch, except the e- du- well, even the Dutch. But that's true of every group. It's true. Every group hates themselves and everyone There's else. There's somebody out there that's Dutch that's just fuming, and they're fuming because I'm right. <laughs> well, I think you can actually sum it best with a uh, a groundskeeper Willie quote, which is, "Don, uh, they're natural." It won't last. Brothers and sisters are natural enemies, like Englishmen and Scots, or Welshmen and Scots, or Japanese and Scots, or Scots and other Scots. Damn Scots. They ruined Scotland. <laughs> it, it's it's far too accurate. <laughs> but, yeah, it, there's... So many things has been normalized, and it leads a lot of people to thinking that they're broken, and we're not broken. No, well, we're treat- what it is is they've taken not just the hyperboreans and averages them out. They've taken like the the meso and South Americans. I don't know if there's an overall blanket term for them. Africans, Asians, and there's like 15 different types of Asians. Uh, all the islanders and average them into one average human and any de- de- uh, deviation is considered illness right which is makes everybody sick well it's of something l- well my entire generation is basically on pills well and some some groups let's be honest some groups just live longer than others others age quicker to sexual maturity um some have shorter gestation periods some have longer gestation periods there's the full spectrum of it when you get all the humanoids. And if you try averaging that out, nobody hits the average. Nobody. Nobody. Well, and to just kind of take this back to, like, the basic level of normalcy. Because here's a fun fact. You camped, quote unquote, for two years. Mm-hmm. You've met someone that camped for five years. You met someone that basically reverted to feral primal appearance after being out in the out camping for three months, mm-hmm. just because he kind of had like an odd genetic. Yeah, and start. he was doing the soft camping. Yes, he was doing soft camping, but he wasn't glamping, glamping. Right. And then you also knew a hermit that you knew up in the UP for forty years. A hermit so, and his wife. So you and have yes, hermits 
can have wives. Hermits can have families. Families. Villages. Entire clans. They just don't participate with people outside. Like the Amish, basically. Yeah. But less Christian-y. Yes. More mus- less cr- christian More mustaches, less suspenders. Yes. Well, less odd hats. Plenty yeah, of suspenders. I don't know. They get kind of odd. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> but the interesting thing about the conversations that we've talked about with those sorts of people, yourself and those that you've met, is when you're dealing with them, one, there's this odd horror period when they come back into modern day mm-hmm. where things that we take for granted or view as normal, just freaking. It's just horrific. Like supermarkets is one of them. The smell of the roads. Oh, yeah. I just went camping for like a week. Come back, everything smells like piss and dirt. And not like good dirt, but like grime. Well, and all the time, I I am aware. So everybody can smell it. But I am aware of the smell of tar and petrol from the road. It's... It's, it's been just, normalized. Yeah, it's been normalized. The world used to not smell like that. Yes. Well, it's a lot like um, deodorants. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be that guy, but... Well, th- that was normalized, uh, what was it, the 30s? I it think? was normalized in the last century. But before then, people weren't walking around smelling to high heaven. No, no. Be- people washed. They used soap. They changed their clothes. They, they had, like... Rather than putting on deodorant, they had like these patches of cloth that they would wear inside their shirts and then remove them so that they wouldn't stink. And they would put a new patch cloth in there specifically to soak up the the sweat. Well, and fun fact, just on average, if you're healthy and you're not like sweating up a storm 20 all day. Well, uh, here's the thing. Fresh sweat doesn't really, really stink. It's the sweat that sat for a while. Yes. When it dries off, then uh, bacteria begins to grow, and that's what makes it stink. So fresh sweat doesn't stink. Stale sweat stinks. Yes. And if you take a shower if you or a bath, if you wash yourself, this doesn't build up, and you don't stink. Yeah, As a matter of fact, you'll carry almost no scent whatsoever. Yep. Well, and then this scent exists for a reason. But again, don't want to be that guy. But going back to the things you, that people start realizing when they're out in the woods, because, again, I'm using this as the baseline, mm-hmm. is one thing that I found interesting is voices. Mm-hmm. Voices specifically of the males, because that's most of the examples you dealt with, actually revert to almost a growl. Yeah. Yeah, the the voices get deep. Well, even when we went out camping, you could hear it where the guys come out, when they first come out, everybody's talking way up in the registers. Because they're used to, like, basically trying to cut through the sound, all the background sound of the cities, and talking to women. But after just a day or two, and they start hearing all the other males, all of a sudden, you can tell where the males are because all the voices just bottom right out, and it, it re- just turns into a rumble. It reverts to normal. Yeah. That's what it does. It reverts it to normal. It reverts to normal. And the women actually stop shrieking, and they start, it's almost like a sing-song, like birds and birds and bears. Well, the, they actually kind of get almost higher pitched, but it's not. But it's not shrieky. It's not shrill. Yeah, it's like it it relaxes. Mm-hmm. It turns more ethereal, more coning. Right. Because and, um, when we was out there, you could hear the men and women talking. You got the low rumble with 
like higher pitched overtones where the men and women were talking to each other. This is normal. Another thing too is when they first come out come came out camping, everybody's yelling. And then it turns into the normal volume of speech where you're not having to yell over everything. Oh yeah, because there's constant background noise. Like every once in a while uh, a member of our audience will hear the background noise and we just don't hear it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Whether whether it's a uh, an alarm in our apartment or somebody else's, yep, it's it's just a thing. It's normal doesn't need to be normalized. What needs to be normalized is all the noise. It's normal to sleep with your TV on so that you don't let, have to hear your neighbors and the, the cars going up and down the road and the people just talking outside. Well, it's basically it's um, a white noise machine. Yeah, same thing with your. Well, I don't sleep with the with the uh, TV on. Do you sleep with a fan on that's serving the same function? Basically, what it is is it's to drown out the abnormal noise. Mm -hmm. um, but then there's also the element of how nature starts to react to you because you talk you've talked to me about this before, where people will actually after they've been out in the woods for quite a while, mm -hmm. there will be you this. You got to calm down, is what yeah. it is. Yeah. And what ends up happening is the animals start treating you differently. Yeah. Like deer will just come up to you. Yeah, which is weird. Ba basically or, offering themselves up. Well, potentially. I think a lot of it's curiosity, but if if they're sick, it's offering themselves up or can you help. Um, and it's it's normal for them to do that. Bears will sit in the distance and just watch. And it's not like, ooh, yeah, but he's got the picnic basket. I'm going to eat his toesies tonight when he's sleeping. No, it's more like, huh, isn't that an interesting animal? I wonder what it is. Um, wolf packs will start, if there's wolves in the area, they will begin patrolling the area but leaving your space alone. Well, and the reason that this is interesting to me is because it shows kind of a natural falling into our niche. Mm-hmm we start basically acting on the same equilibrium. Like most people don't necessarily want to go live in the woods, but it shows that there is a normalcy and equilibrium that we reach. Right. Well, and it's animals, um, nature tries, tries to show us what normal is because you, you, there's videos all over the internet. Deer comes to human for help. Um, raccoon comes to human for help. Who are 99% of these videos? It's us. It's what we do. The animals know they can come to us for help. We might kill them. They are aware of this. But they're in a situation where it's, I risk being killed, or I just die, or, oh, uh, yeah, or I might potentially get help. And this, this type of human will help me. Well, the thing is, in the, nor in the north, where we naturally are, there's a normalcy with how us and the other beings of the north interact. Mm -hmm. Well, there's there's the issue, too, of like how, how well-fed we are. If we're hungry, um, the animal's a little bit more on edge because we are predators. They know this. But if we're well-fed, it's like there's even pictures of wild deer sleeping with wild bear. The wild bear is well fed. Yeah, it, that's it, the secret. Well, it's you. You can actually find videos of this, or 
things of that nature where a bear will be playing with a fawn and then the bear gets hungry, bear just kills the fawn. And the thing is... Or sometimes it just walks away like it's done. Yep. And like here's the over. thing is we actually have examples of that because you, there's like writings of barbarians and they'll be playing with rabbits and then grandma's like, oh, stew, stew time, grabs one rabbit, breaks its neck, goes to go make rabbit stew. Right. Then it's normal. We are predators. The rabbits are prey. We're playing with them because everything's even. But oh, hey, now. But it's the trade time. is we don't take more than what we need and we offer help when we can. Yes, it's, it's a lot like there. The normalcy of our traditions, the reasonings behind it. Would you call that a bond? No, it's it's not a bond. It's more. It's not really a contract either. It is in a way, but it's in the archaic sense. Yes, uh, much like um, it, if you have a discussion and you're talking to each other, and then there's an agreement made. That's a contract. It's not notarized. It doesn't have either. It doesn't of even have to be explicitly stated. No, but now we have a contract. This is normal for us. It used to be normal to be able to rely on everyone's word. There has become this abnormal thing where people are no longer held accountable for their word. Yeah, and it's been normalized. Well, people lie. People are untrustworthy. How often have we heard this shit said? There are. There is no honor amongst thieves. Anybody my age or older remembers growing up hearing all the time, honor amongst thieves, honor amongst thieves, honor amongst thieves. And then there is no honor amongst thieves. There is no honor amongst thieves. And they normalize the idea of there not being honor amongst thieves. Well, who's the thief? Go and look in the mirror. According to most Western laws currently, you are the criminal. So we need to have honor amongst ourselves. What is our crime? Being born. Quite simply, that's, yes. that's what it is. Well, this is the level of abnormality is being born is your original sin, your crime. It's much like I, I had this conversation with people and they started arguing with me over what over the good and evil and how this is inherent to paganism. It's a fundamental law of the universe. Well, and you evil. can get a stay of execution if you toe the line, if you say what the slave masters tell you to say, you can get a stay of execution. Yes, but but because we don't, we are the criminals. Well, if you take the good and evil thing to its logical outcome of whatever is evil is basically consensus, then all you need to do is look in the mirror, like you said, and you will see what the average person in the modern day seems to consider the greatest evil. Mm -hmm. And that's what I told you. And it's not just... It's not just the other races. Our own is in on that. Oh, yeah. Well, there are plenty of... A, a lot of our people are actually sterilizing themselves mm -hmm. purposefully. I, I, I actually... In my hometown, this was published in the paper, one of the papers, a woman taking great pride in her sterilizing of herself, a young woman, I think she was in her 20s, because of all the evils her people had done and we deserve this. Which we all know that's not true. Well, yes, but uh, I the, mean, her the level of that is, level but, of brainwashing, yeah. that level of hate for yourself and your own people is abnormal. It is taught. It is trained. Mm -hmm. And it is taught from the time we are born to the time we die now. Right. The, these things that they keep saying over and over and over again, these are the abnormalities. Going to church, 
you don't have to talk people into not going to church. What you have to do is talk them into going to church. Oh, I've never. Uh, I was a kid once. I never wanted to go to church. I don't know any kids that did. Well, most of the time, all you got to do is give them an excuse to not go. It doesn't matter how devout they are. I've talked people into not going to church with like zero effort who had gone religiously because they were religious for 20 years, never missed one service. I'm like, what? How about we go camping or how about we go fishing? I'm going fishing. Uh, are you sure that you don't want to go? Bunch of us going. Okay, that's fine. And then like three minutes later, yeah, I, I think I'd like to go fishing. Well, that was the normal act. The 20 years of going to church was not. They put us in schools. That trains us for the factories, for the office jobs. That trains us for the abnormal. They normalize the abnormal because the normal doesn't need to be normalized. Trading. We instinctively trade with each other. Remember, not even your friends, just people that you knew but you didn't hate. Oh, hey, you want to trade your peanut butter and jelly sandwich for my ham and cheese sandwich? I know it's worth more, but I don't like it. I like the peanut butter and jelly, especially the peanut butter and jelly that your mom makes. Or trading cards. In fact, we'll actually get like an economy going on trading cards. We don't have to be taught how to do that. We just do it. That's normal. Yeah, like, oh, uh... Here, you got me a soda last time. Here's the soda this time. You yeah. know, I got it. And, of course, you got the exceptions to the rule who's always trying to take, take, take. But then eventually but they, eventually they end up getting the gut stomped out of them because they're just not good people. Oh, yeah. One of my one of the most blatant examples of this actually happened to uh, my sister. She went with uh, her friend out, and the friend was like, well, I'm really trying to watch my budget right now. I can't afford, so my sister covered the meal for both of them. In the same car ride, the friend then decided it was a good idea to then buy something while my sister was still in the car. It's like, yeah. Well, and the not not thinking. This has been normalized. Uh, And it it can be in the most subtle of ways. Like, I don't know. It can be with a... uh, with one of the sing-song child rhymes. Ring around the rosy, pocket full of posy. And then they're like, oh, that's about the great uh, the great black death. And I know that you're not singing it right because you got some of the words wrong. But that's okay. You sing it the way that you want to sing it. The one normalization of giving the history of it, which is true enough. The the ring around the rosy, it's, it's got to do with the uh, with the black death. Makes them not want to sing it, but they use the wrong words and they make that okay too. So we're going to make you not want to sing it, but it's okay. You don't have to sing it right. You see how that's a normalization of like some odd behavior rather than correcting it. Like, oh, if you're going to do this, these are the, these are the actual words. And by the way, this is the history of it. And by singing this, you're remember, you're, reinforcing the memory that this thing happened well and i think to avoid the implication of decolonialize your thinking or Uh. decolonialize your education whatever the fuck that movement was um when people are teaching their kids the idea isn't to decolonialize but this is the thing is over the course of centuries millennia even we figured out pretty well how to teach our own young and 
specific and there were different versions depending on tribe and temperament and it was usually customized to the individual because different kids had different personalities and likes. It's a lot like when you're teaching someone to fight, you can't teach them the same way every single time. Well, you can't teach three different people the exact same way. No, because they have different builds, different temperaments, different ways of doing things. Well, their minds just work differently. Yeah. yeah. Well, and then the length of their arm, the length of their legs, their mm-hmm. gait, it's very different. So it, that's part of the reason a lot for our species that we have a lot of general ways of teaching martial arts, mm-hmm. but we don't get really specific. Like we don't do well, there's pigeon a, ca- grabs hot dog. Right. There's a... Uh, a uh, YouTube ch- uh, channel I like to watch every now and then. I think the guy's name is like Sucky Sensei or Sucky something. Sucky Sensei, like. yeah. Yeah, Sucky Sensei. Um, because they're all sucky. But he was watching, they was watching some video of like European uh, uh, fighting stuff. He's like, huh, they don't seem to standardize the way that they stand. This person is standing in a very standard athletic stance. This person has their hind toe facing backwards this other one has the toe facing forward doesn't seem something that they're actually worried about with this fighting style i don't understand it well he doesn't understand it because the japanese have they have different body types true but it's all to the same scales our bodies doesn't work like that so well that and just a, a slight injury at some point can cause a whole plethora of changes to the the way that your body functions. So what we worry about being the fantastic warriors that we are is the general overall, and then you figure out how to make it work in detail. That's normal. What's not normal is you must stand with your feet at a precise 45-degree angle and then bend your legs at a precise 75-degree angle, and that's that's not normal for us. No, it's abnormal. It's a lot like... um. When I was uh, back in college, I took uh, Aikido for Mm -hmm. martial arts. And I was actually not that bad at it. But I quit. And the reason I quit was I realized that the way that you use Aikido is so specific that it's useless in actual combat. Which is actually what I was learning it for was self-defense. And I'm like, if I have to get the guy's wrist into an exact position and have myself standing in an exact position in a legitimate brawl for self-defense for Mm -hmm. my potential life, there is no point in doing this. I might as well just punch brick wall, right. walls. Well, and because part of the normalization is, and it's an abnormality because normalization is an abnormality. They're getting you to think and behave in abnormal ways by normalizing something. So using martial arts as, as an example, they run a bunch of martial arts films we've all watched them they're fun to watch you got the kung fu and the karate and the ninja guy and all this stuff and then they go through the the training montage and it shows how precise and how powerful and how fast it is and they normalize all that which then by default makes our ways of fighting not look as good because they aren't doing films showing normal hyperborean fighting like schwangen you just grab a motherfucker and swang him. Or uh, catch wrestling. Yeah. Or, as what it actually is, which is a legitimate. Or old school boxing. Or wrestling. Because old school boxing, it didn't have all these formulas because this is what old school boxing is. I'm not talking about like Rocky Marciano old school. I'm talking centuries old. We don't even know some of these dudes' names. Actually, most of these dudes' names that were champions because we didn't record them. There are rules. 
like, don't bite your opponent's nose. Let us examine this rule. What has probably happened? What was probably fairly common by the time they got to the Queensberry rules where they standardized boxing? Biting, and specifically biting somebody's nose, was probably a thing that happened. Well, it's actually a, a common issue with our own people is that we've, we are xenophiles. We like things that are new and exotic and foreign. Well, we like to, the, to learn. That's, yes. what it, that's what it comes down to. So we like to learn. Yes, but as a result, we have this negative trait where if it's not taught to us the importance of something that's very normal, we lose respect for it. Mm-hmm. And this is especially pronounced in our own in America because like things that used to be considered cultural institutions or important. Well, it's like it's like a lot of the invaders to our country. Oh, yeah. The American culture is so important to you. What is it? The Irish culture is so important to you. What is it? The German culture is so important to you. What is it? The reason why. It's a trap is because they know that you can't answer it because you're standing in the middle of it. Yes. You can answer what the Indian culture is because it's so different from the culture that you grew up well, in. And then you're just describing when you describe another culture, whether it's the Mexico, whether it's uh, Nigeria, whether it's India or China, you're describing a vague aesthetic. Yeah. You're not really describing the culture. You're almost describing a HGTV. Right, but it's designing. easier to describe the other than it is self. Yes. So as a result, we end up missing the obvious. It's like, well, if white people have their own gods other than the Christian God, where is it? I don't know, in the days everywhere. of the week, months of the year. It's everywhere. Uh, the names of several of our holy days or my some that are just commonly known. Old Man Winter, North Wind, Jack Frost, right. Ones that we dismiss because Mo we've been told that they're not. Mother Eartha, uh, the, all the freaking storks that carry the babies, those are Frau Holda. There's leftovers all over the gosh darn place. It, it's just... People, well, and they're not even left over. Like in many cases, they're still part of our everyday lives. Where it's just normalized that they aren't. Well, it, and that's again one of the things that if you take the baseline normal of the people that we've known who's lived in the woods or the mountains, mm -hmm. they actually come to know the gods. They might not have the names, but they know the, that they're there, and specifically that they're ours. Mm -hmm. Because, like, the one guy you knew who uh, was in the Rocky Mountains for five years camping, quote-unquote, mm -hmm. he actually became more or less a devotee of the hunter. Yeah. And, and that's actually what he called him because he couldn't think of any other naming. He's like, and it's not just hunting. There's more to it. It's it's the wild. It's It's everything that has to do with that. It's the, the breeding the breeding seasons, the cycles, the interactions between because even the Tweety birds hunt. Everything hunts. Everything kills to eat. Even trees kill to eat. Oh yeah, like hemlock. Especially hemlock. Uh, you find a, a big hemlock tree and you start running around in the uh, the needles beneath the hemlock tree. You'll find squirrel skeletons. You'll find deer skeletons. You'll find bird skeletons. The tree literally killed them, and it's consuming them. Yep. Trees are carnivores. Fact of the day. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but the um, all of these different animals treat us a certain way. 
all of these cycles of nature. It's part of the reason people, our people get so depressed and tired in winter is we naturally have our winter sleep, mm-hmm. semi-hibernation. It and, doesn't necessarily mean that we sleep all the way through, but we do sleep more. Well, and here's the thing is in certain scenarios, in harsh winters, especially if you don't have a day job, you can end up sleeping for weeks. Mm-hmm. If you're left alone. Well, and this is what a lot of things get lost is there's the natural. Well, and, and then when people do do that, then they think there's something wrong with them, that they're broken. Oh, I, and, I, and then I they will make coma. themselves sick. Like, oh, I slept all, all winter long, so I must have a sleeping disease. I'm going to sleep all summer long. And they don't sleep all summer long. They just lay down all summer long because they think that there's something wrong with them. They, they self-create the disease. Mm-hmm. But basically what I was getting at is there's all these traditions that spawn out of very normal, very natural things that we're doing. Like, for instance, the egg hunt around Easter. It's because that's the time to collect eggs because it's a major food source. And I think what happened, because the further away from Germany where this tradition seems to have originated, where there's plenty of wading birds in right, Germany. The and the otter it gets. Yeah, the, the otter it gets. It gets kind of more Christian-y. And seems to lose all semblance of the original customer. It gets really decorative and folk arty. Whereas in Germany, it's like, eh, we, we paint it's an it egg. Color. It's an egg. We paint it color. Right. Well, and or if we bother painting it. Yes. And because I, I saw that too. I was watching some stuff on, uh, on Easter eggs around the world. And through a lot of German areas. They don't even paint the eggs. It's just whatever color the egg happens to be. Yeah. And it's, be- it's a brown egg. Isn't that a wonderful brown egg? This one, this chicken laid a blue egg. Well, I got a goose egg. How great is that? And it's speckled. They like, and the thing is, there are areas where they go into great detail decorating these things. But in general, I would say it doesn't seem to really be a thing. It's more the celebration of the eggs and the finding of the eggs. Yes, and then because people aren't going to forage for eggs anymore you create a custom so that you maintain the skill mm-hmm. even if you no longer have to go and get into the heron's nest or the stork's nest and get an egg so that you can eat. Right. And how many to take. Um, because I've done that with kids too where um, we do an Easter egg hunt. And what we did was we made a bunch of nests and then we hide them like they're bird na- uh, like birds had laid eggs. And it was actually just an experiment to see if the kids would grab all the eggs. At first, they do. Boom, boom. If there's four eggs in there, they're going to grab all four of them. But then after a while, they're like, they just know something's wrong. And they'll find one that doesn't have any eggs in it, and then they start putting eggs back. Or they'll go back to the the first nest, and they try to figure out which eggs came out of there, and then put one or two of them back. It's the neatest thing I've ever seen Well, as far as kids and like natural behavior because we did this as, well, I got everybody else to do it because it'd be fun. I did it as an experiment to see if this was a natural behavior or a taught behavior. It's a natural behavior for our kids. I guarantee you, you get, um, what what are they called? Africanoids? Uh, uh, but su- uh, sub-Saharan there. Oh, they're going to scoop up all the eggs, and they're not even going to well, think about Well, it's a lot like it. at Halloween. I mean, the custom has been heavily modernized to the point where it's mostly lost all meaning. But, our but pe- in general, our people, you leave a bowl out there, they're going to take maybe a handful. 
most likely they're going to take one or maybe even none. But as soon as you get other people's involved, they take the whole bowl, sometimes even the bowl. Oh, yeah. it's Oh, hey, free bowl. And it's because it's it's not a custom for them. It has no meaning. It bears no purpose. It doesn't even have any spiritual significance. And mm-hmm. the same is true with Christmas. The others are completely confused by Christmas and Yuletide. Like they, can, they try to imitate it. But they don't understand but it But they at don't all. understand it. Well, for us, it's coming together of the community. And then when you realize that what used to happen was people would work all through the, the, the summer and like the warmer months, come home, have all these resources... And then people would either go to grandpa's or a big building or maybe there was a Lord's Manor. They'd have a big party with the community. They was sail, which, yes, that there was was sailing the trees, but there was also was sailing the people because anyone who's had mulled wine, it makes you very merry. Right. Very <laughs> jolly. And very quickly. And it eases the tension. It makes people comfortable around each other. And then they're more able to work together to not only keep each other warm but to keep each other taken care of to make sure people don't become extremely lonely in these dark months mm-hmm. so that the resources are pooled so that people are more capable of surviving. Right, because sometimes just bad shit happens. Yeah, even snakes will come together to survive the winter. So so why wouldn't we? It's normal for us to help each other out. It's not normal for us to take advantage. That has been normalized. But um, we're getting close to the end, but I wanted to give people that has hung in here this long uh, a little bit of good feels with the the Easter egg um, hunt thing that I was describing that that I did with the uh, with the bird's nest, the imitation bird's nest and the eggs in it. We went around at the end of it, and this is the the best thing. All the nests had at least one egg left in them, which means that the kids found every nest, but they didn't take all of the eggs. I found that to be fantastic. And when you talking to the kids, the reason why they didn't take them all is because, well, the Easter Bunny needs some. How else is he going to make more Easter Bunnies? Or uh, some of the kids was like, oh, the, the Easter eggs, that's how the candy's made. Or the Easter eggs, that's how the Easter chicks are made. So we got to leave some of them so that... So that um, they instinctively knew. Yeah. So that you can have these things. And there's like normally and the ones that was old enough where they've done Easter Easter egg hunts a couple times. There's like normally we end up missing some and then they, they are all good, good eggs because sometimes we find them in the middle of the summer. But we always miss eggs. So it's not a big deal if we just take every egg that we find. But these were in nests. That's different. That's special. Well, and actually in Germany, uh, at least in parts, it's not a basket. Like in America, we have a basket, like the basket you'd take to go get the eggs. Mm -hmm. It's actually a nest. The Easter Bunny lays the eggs in the nest. Oh, so I inadvertently... You inadvertently reverted it to the more traditional method. And yeah, it's, it's one of those things where... This is so innate to us. This these spiritual elements. A lot. It's a lot like I've pointed this out. The the goddess Easter, the god Easter, how she's depicted across media actually is really consistent. Mm-hmm. Even though there's few, if any, well known stories of her, but we know her. Right. And it's not like we're confusing her with other figures. We know her. 
and that's why she's important. That's why that tradition's important. And it doesn't need to be, oh, we decorate eggs for Easter. No, it's a gift of Easter. She's the God of new life. And just to kind of finish it off, to kind of bookend it, the last little thing that's really interesting from the baseline normal for our people, from the people that you met and talked to in the woods and who have lived out there for a while, was actually appearance. Because the one guy, who kind of had a jump start because of how he looked, but he actually, being out there for just a few months and soft camping, reverted to basically what a more wild us looks like. Mm-hmm. Which, well, the... The hair on his chest and, and arms and back, all that just grew. Yeah, beard because got beard got big and mane like, and then the hair on the top of his head actually got shorter. Yes, because, because he is, and he never cut it. No, he was like, I don't know why the hair on the top of my head got shorter. Maybe it got burnt in the fire because I did do that at least once, or or I go through the woods. Maybe some of it's getting pulled out. He had no idea why because he hadn't cut his hair in months. Same thing that happens to aurochs and wild boars. There's a reason the hair keeps growing. It's not so that it's 12 inches. It's not so that it's three feet long. It's yeah. just so it's just long enough. Yes. M- shorter than 12 inches typically. But yeah, there is a default. Th- this whole thing of, well, you need to shoe the horses or you need to trim your nails. or Right. Well, like there's people that think that, that there's people that go out and catch wild mustangs and put shoes on them because horses will die if you don't if they don't have shoes on them and again it's because the sheer amount of abnormality we're so removed from not just the general world but ourselves our own species and a lot of people take that to weird freaking crazy places like the people that refuse to wipe their ass yeah because it's natural no it's natural to wipe your ass maybe not toilet paper but wiping Cleaning your ass Dogs is do it. Bees do it. Even educated <clears throat> fleas do it. Yeah. Let's um, do it. Let's wipe our ass. <laughs> wipe your ass for hyperborean kind. This is the more you know moment of yes. the episode. Um, ah, crap. Oh, um, I'm going to shoot out of here because it actually is time now. But I wanted to tie what I was saying in, into what you was talking about, where with the, the normalization... Um, Yes, it's it's abnormal. But women are not the enemy of men, and men are not the enemy of women. We love each other. Women love men. Men love women. And the, the infighting between us has been normalized. Men are this. Women are that. Most of it's not even true. <clears throat> and there's a lot of people just playing their part because they think it's true. Because it's been normalized for women to blame men and men to blame women. For women to not even grow up to become women and men to not grow up and become men. They just become really big girls and really big boys because it's been normalized. We need to do away with that. Because you take these same people, like you said, you take them out to the woods. All of a sudden, they become more capable. All of a sudden, the... The gender relations normalize. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, a lot of things get normal. I'm not People talking start about getting day more hike. friendly. Well, all of a sudden, we just we go back to normal because all the abnormal noise has been removed. It's a, it's really hard when you're stranded on an island and one of you has to cook and keep the the tent and area going, and the other person has to go club seals so that you have something to eat 
that things don't naturally revert to normal. Mm-hmm. They're, the weak man either has to get strong or die, and the woman's either the woman or not. And in general, there's no animosity because you're both helping each other. And that's the thing is we're not broken. We're just propagandized to a point where our head is swimming and clouded and just insane. And give yourself some time to rest. Clear your head. Clear your thoughts. Let your shower thoughts free. And get the propaganda out of your head and start figuring out what is actually normal.